You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. TalkZone.com You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Ah, yes, a very interesting show lined up today. Most fortunate. <laughs> Here's the core, ex- uh, core essence of this hour and next hour's show. Thanks for joining us, by the way. It's called Dictatorship versus Democracy and How Karma Wraps into the Whole Story. We had a guest that was actually scheduled for today, and not surprising, after we dove into the whole thing, he canceled. <laughs> the reason I say I'm not surprised is because after really getting into who he is, he's a very selfish man, and his priority of educating people about dictatorships is pretty low. Nevertheless, uh, I went ahead and read the book cover to cover, and it was incredibly valuable and enlightening for me. And uh, so we've decided to share the story with you. Uh, Escape from Saddam. So this is Iraq. Uh, and the fellow's name is Lewis. Al Samari, in case you're interested in getting his book. And it says, The Incredible True Story of One Man's Journey into Freedom. You know, it's very, very tempting when you read a book like that to go into feeling very much sorry for this guy and uh, what's going on inside of Iraq and many other dictatorships around the world. It's very, 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 very tempting and easy to go into that mode. Um, I, I would caution you to remember a certain few things. There are a lot of people who are talking today about uh, our world on earth moving into a golden age. Uh, this notion, even for people who probably don't really get it, you know, most people understand that there's a movement towards humanity and earth being a place that's a really nice place to live. Today it's rather challenging and many, in many nooks and crannies all around the world. So part of the value of reading this was uh, to get an incredible inside view on the karma that is going on inside these countries and the paradox that lives therein. So it's very clear, very clear to me that people that are born into countries like Iraq and, you know, all the other uh, less than favorable places, and there's many of them, really are born there because of their karma. Let me put it another way. They're born there because the particular lessons that their soul is lined up to learn right now is can best be facilitated when they live in a country like Iraq, a dictatorship. So let's say a person was, you know, essentially a Frenchman, a French person for 
uh, eight lifetimes, but the country of Iraq would serve his lessons this particular lifetime better than France would. This lifetime he would be born in Iraq to go through that culture on, for what it would do for him. You know, there's there's very much a paradox going on here. You know, the people that live in the many uh, dictatorships or other horrible conditions worldwide, these people have lessons or karma that they must learn, so they're born there. You know, at the same time, you know, the folks that are aware that Earth is moving towards its next golden age, you know, in order for Earth to have a golden age, the places where all these atrocities are going on must be transformed or removed. You can't have half the world living in a golden age and the other half in hell. It doesn't work it, that it's way. It's the same world. So if you got really low vibrations in the same world, you got enough of those and you can't lift out enough to have an enlightened age going on and sustain. So here's the paradox. On one hand, these people need to be living in these these horrible situations and learning their lessons. On the other hand, people who have it better, like us, like the UK, like Scandinavia, like most parts of Europe, it's our responsibility to stand up and start making a difference worldwide to transform these places that are dictators and make them more of a democracy worldwide. That's our, that's our karma. That's our responsibility. That's our job here. You know, and I actually believe that we Americans take for granted our privileged life. I, I think we have no idea. You know, a lot of the complaining we've done in you know, about Iraq and the war continuing is why can't these people just take care of themselves? Well, I got an eye-opening understanding about that as I read this book. These people have no idea how to take care of themselves. They have been conditioned for so long. I mean, take consider an entire country in post-traumatic stress syndrome. You know, they're just... They're so, they lived in fear of their lives on a daily basis. Just simple kids living in fear of their lives. I mean, you know, our spoiled little kids who throw fits because they can't get a certain toy, you know, versus their kids who are literally in fear of their life on a daily basis. These people don't know how to be leaders because they've had it stamped out of them for way too long. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with answers, sound answers to life's tough questions, airing Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. As a transitional empire, it would be our job to step in and start making a difference in these worlds so that we can start breaking down the horrible way these people live and start raising the Earth's energy all the way around. That's, I think, what our job is. What is it like to live in a uh, dictatorship? You know, you hear little bits and pieces, but... Until you actually like read a book of somebody who was there, got out, and could write about it, you don't really, uh, you know, you don't really get it. Like for instance, I had, you know, heard that there were sanctions on um, Iraq from the Gulf War. 
Well, you know, that really never like settled into my brain about what that meant in daily, everyday life. But you know, there was a period of time in the, uh, in the Gulf War when, uh, the American soldiers went in and, and wiped out their water. And of course, uh, the sanctions took away things like Coca-Cola and all kinds of other things that they just no longer could get. And these people, uh, without water, couldn't take baths anymore. And then after a while, um, uh, they had to start using gasoline because uh, to clean the kids' heads because they were getting lice all over the place. Hmm. And then, of course, that caused problems, needless to say. You know, and you might say, well, our country is awful for imposing sanctions. But you know what? The sanctions were there to try to get Saddam Hussein to stand down from his behavior. And, you know, he doesn't care about his people. And I will show you how he doesn't care about his people by what it's like, giving you an example of what it's like to live in a dictatorship. I'm going to give you all kinds of examples so that you understand that, you know, he doesn't care. And if you want to transform a dictatorship, you must go in and take the dictator out. So were these sanctions before or during the Gulf War or after the Gulf War? Before the Gulf War. Okay. Maybe after, too. Yeah, they were after. It was the UN thing, did yeah, that? Yeah, I don't remember exactly the time. Okay. Okay. Dictatorship. This is what it looks like to live in a dictatorship. There's pictures of Saddam everywhere. Can you imagine that in our country? Pictures of this guy who's terrorizing every, everyone everywhere. At the kids' schools, at the military compounds, downtown, everywhere. Not only that, but on the TV, listen to this. This is great. I love this. On the TV... Uh, I forget what I was being shown. He was watching a movie of some kind. Uh, I forget what I was being shown. A movie of some kind, I think. But I remember clearly the intermissions. Every half hour, the film stopped. And a fat man with a large mustache appeared singing a song about Saddam, praising him. So, listen to this. It's as if you were watching TV, like many Americans do on a daily basis, and every half an hour in the middle of your movie that you're watching, this is what happens. This guy comes in praising, singing a song of Saddam. Sir, we are your servants. In life, you are our prize. In moments of worry, your hand gives us joy. Whenever we face difficulties, by your hand they become easy. Now, this is the guy that tortures people at the drop of a dime, you have, I'm going to give you examples in here. This is a guy that tortures people right, left, and center. And this is every half an hour on the TV what these people are subjected to. By your hand they become easy. You are the father of generosity and goodwill. With you we have overcome the difficult times. We are the joys of your life. We are the candles of your victories. The song would be cut with pictures of Saddam in his white suit surrounded by children, throwing petals at his feet, images of the army marching by the statue of the unknown soldier in Baghdad, tanks forming part of the procession, and servicemen saluting their leader. So every half an hour on TV, this 
propaganda comes in and it is utterly opposite of the truth of who Saddam Hussein was and what he did to his people. So let's talk some about that. If you are a young man and you are uh, called into the service, let me tell you, their service is nothing like what we know in this country. Nothing like it. And you decide you don't want to do it, you don't want to go in, and you are, you know, so you try to hide and get away, and they find you, they cut off your ear. And then the ears uh, go into the black market where you can buy them for a very hefty price so that they can be sewn back onto your head. That's just one example of what goes on over there. The paranoia over there is everywhere. Oh, I guess. Everywhere. You know, you get you get a conversation that you think has even a hint of controversy in it, and and you hide it, you hush hush, you make sure that there's nobody around. Even a simple little kid, you know, a six seven year old kid is walking by you, and you stop your conversation because you don't know if that little kid isn't you know connected to some intelligence thing. And, you know, and somebody right around the corner says, did you hear that conversation? What were they saying? Any hint of problems. And they come and they take you and they put you into their prison. Just no questions asked. Done deal. You're gone. Easy. Paranoia is everywhere pervasive all the time. Those uh, um, in the Iraq-Iran uh, war, those soldiers... Uh, that that uh, left, like got out, went AWOL. They are shot in front of their families, and then their families are made to pay for the uh, ammunition because the uh, government says that your um, uh, son, you know, obviously didn't want to stay in the uh, army because you didn't raise him right. So since you didn't raise him right. It is your responsibility that they have left, so you must watch them be killed and pay for the bullets. More ideas on what it's like to live in a now, dictatorship. Think of that in America. Yeah. Look at the difference. Just huge. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time. We've got more about dictatorship versus democracy and karma when we come back. Stay with us. <laughs> 